I, it's pretty badass. It's badass to say we're going to do this thing that's the, most people are going to think is unpractical and unrealistic and, and let's do it, you know? And, and for them to just say, I'm in, like, it doesn't, it doesn't even take, they don't need any rhyme or reason to it. They're just like, Oh yeah, we're, I'm in, let's do it. I'm in for the ride. Let's go. We're on a mission. We're going to find and uncover the smartest, most successful entrepreneurs on the planet, explore their highs, their lows, and how they ultimately mastered the game. I'm Martin Cook, and I'm excited to welcome you to the Smarter Destiny podcast. I'm grateful for you and your time. Now let's level up together. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another Smarter Destiny podcast where it's a little bit special because we actually have a returning guest, Jason Howard. Now, we had him on the show not that long ago, and we pushed him right up the schedule um, so that his episode goes live before Black Friday. Why? Because... Jason announced on the podcast uh, a mission, a challenge that he had set himself of achieving $1 million in one day. That Black Friday, he was going to hit $1 million with his previous best day being around about the $200,000 in a day mark. So he wanted to 5x his best ever day on that day. And he wanted all the accountability of the internet and was telling everybody his plan. So that day came and went things happened and now we've got Jason back on the uh, podcast to tell us all about it so without further ado Jason how are you oh, I'm doing fantastic I am doing fantastic you you look like you're glowing actually on the video it's so the lights I have lights on in here it's daytime this time it's gonna be have you got those makeup lights that trick you into thinking that your skin's amazing or trick me into thinking my skin's amazing I should say maybe Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> okay, is, is that because you're, you, you've, you've splurged with all of your uh, Black Friday riches? I feel like I have to spend the money somewhere, so I might as well buy light bulbs, you know? So, uh, how did your, um, how did, could you give us a brief overview? For those that haven't necessarily heard the, the last episode yet, shame on you. Um, could you give us a brief overview of what the sort of two-week build-up towards uh, Black Friday looked like for you? You bet, yeah. There's a lot that went into it. I'm going to do, go back a tiny bit farther with, with sure. the decision to make it because that was that's the, how we decided to do the million dollar day. It was completely random, anyways. I think we were sitting in my office and and we were talking about uh, uh, just goals that we can do. And I think it started off like we were looking up domains, like dude, if we do a million dollars over that Black Friday weekend, do it from Friday uh, Friday to Cyber Monday, do a million dollars. I'm like, that'd be rad. It'd be a good story. And we were talking about it, and it's like, actually, you know what would be a really good story, though? Is we just did that a day. And it was kind of a joke. And, uh, and apparently, we don't joke around that much at my office because we, we took that and said, you know what? Fuck it. Let's just do it. And so now that, that it was like just yeah, mashing, trying to figure out how we're going to get there, getting all the inventory in stock, getting, getting Facebook uh, the ability to, to spend our money, getting, getting Google to spend our money. I mean, all the stuff that goes into it. Uh, what you said, two weeks. Two weeks prior to Black Friday, I was like, there is, I'll be honest, there's no chance we're going to make it happen. Our shit was completely falling apart. Facebook wasn't spending our money. Uh, the systems we built, like, like we generally progressively scale and scale and scale and scale all the way up to the day. So if we did a million on Black Friday, the day before, we probably should have done 700, 800,000. The day before, we probably should have done at least 600,000. And that is not at all how it went, which was crazy. Um, what did you do? What did you do the day before? Uh, with, uh, I think it was like six days beforehand, we shut off and killed our entire ad spend uh, and started oh. completely from scratch, which is not something I would recommend ever because the chances of that working is very slim hmm. uh, and being able to build and, and get steam behind something again. Um, but all it just was so, it was so broken. We didn't have a choice. I, I did have a choice. I had a choice to keep writing it broken and hope for the best or try to reboot it. So we, we went for the whole reboot. So when you say it was broken, what was broken? Uh, everything. Our conversion costs quadrupled. Uh, our CPMs went through the roof. Uh, and this was specifically on our most expensive product. Um, the stuff that, I mean, we did, what, $600,000 on Black Friday of this one product. Um, yeah, so it, it kind of worked several weeks leading up to it, but it kept, every time we tried to scale it, break, Facebook would have some issues with uh, the way we were selling stuff. Not the way we were selling stuff. The, the way that our sales pages worded things, it just weird things that, that uh, even though there was nothing technically wrong, very, very white hat, that's not sketchy or anything like that. Uh, they didn't like it. So 
um, they'd punish us by upping our CPM. So we went from the, the, a little over a week beforehand, our CPMs were, you know, 22, $23. And as we got into that week, they just skyrocketed. I mean, we were paying like $75, uh, CPM, which is just the, that's really hard to make money when you're paying that much. Our clicks were like $3. It was crazy. And so was that an assumption that they're, they're punishing you because of things on your landing page or did they actually give you little warning messages or some other warning? warning? So, uh, during it, they, they normally just give you a, uh, uh, geez, what was that called? Um, it's a warning. I don't remember what it was called. Uh, it's a warning. They're not saying that we're taking you down or anything like that. It's just, it's a poor user experience is what they'd call it. Um, which is normally super generic. Uh, historically we've always thought it's poor user experience. It's our ads. We've got to have better content. Maybe that, or maybe we're spending too much money and they, too many people are seeing it too many times. Frequency is too high, whatever it is. Um, it was like right in that same time frame, they gave the, for the first time ever gave us more information, which is super awesome. But they said that the problem was actually on our landing page. Um, so we didn't know that the, the poor user experience that they were considering was poor user experience was on our landing page. Oh, that's nice of them. So, so do you, did you reach out to them to get that or they actually in the alert said it's on your landing page? In the alert they did. So that again, that's historically, they've never done that. So no. <laughs> they're not that helpful normally. I No, not ever. <laughs> so I'm glad that they let us know that that's at least the direction of the problem that we're, we're experiencing. But, and so you went, you gathered in the war room, um, at, um, at your headquarters and said, we're six days out or we're less than a week out and our landing page for, um, isn't right in the eyes of our main traffic provider. What are we going to do? Yep. And we did what any good person would do, which is leave our landing page exactly how it was and start over fresh on the marketing side so that they, it takes them a period of time to catch on. <laughs> is, is that right? Is that, is oh, that yeah. Right? <laughs> so, so, so does that mean like a new ad account or a new, like, like how does that work? You bet. There's, there's no way I could do a new ad account because I had to get my ad spend up to a quarter million uh, on that account. That takes time and it takes spending money to get to that point. So uh, on that ad account, we had other stuff that was, moving humding and along no problem so it wasn't necessarily an ad account problem it was very ad specific and so we rebooted all of it rebuilt all of the ads even clones and duplicated stuff but because it's a new ad set new stuff it doesn't have the warnings we get the lower cpm costs um and i mean we we were doubling our budget and doubling our budget i mean the day before that day before we ended up in the new system new ad stuff and we ended up spending Oh, dude, uh, more money than I've ever spent on Facebook at one time. It was crazy. Um, and, and it was taking our, taking our money and, and we didn't have any warnings come up until it, we made it through black Friday. And I'll take all the way to, to cyber Monday is when we started having the, the dings again, saying there's poor user experience <laughs> on your landing page. You're like, don't give a fuck now. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah that's all good. So, um, all right, so let's go um, to the. And by the way, if if you if we need to come up with a safe word because a question's too probing, you know, just say Jordans or, or you know Air Jordans or something at me, and 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 like we'll we'll skip the question, man. Like, but um, first off, getting an ad account to a daily spend of a quarter of a million dollars. Yeah, what is involved in that process? Okay, so there's a bunch of things we learned along the way. Um, one, Facebook has a stop at five five thousand. Uh, if you've never spent five thousand a day, you probably don't even know it. Well, maybe you've heard it from somebody. I guess I don't know. Other people apparently talk to people. I don't know. I've, I've hit that target. There. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so uh, we actually hit, we saw a lot of things unfold. Ah, too many topics. Too many things. Sorry. Um, <laughs> the basically once you hit the the daily capage budget or the the five thousand. Um, you have to hit it a couple of times and you can reach out and generally speaking, so long as your stuff's not super scammy, you're not having problems on your account, they'll up your limit. Um, but you have to hit that 5,000 mark a few days in a row before they'd ever consider it for us. Uh, the first time they jumped it, I think they jumped it from, from that to 10,000. Um, and then us thinking the same thing, we're like, crap, now we have to hit 10,000 multiple times to get it to move again. Um, so I think we ended up doing that and they jumped it to 100,000. Uh, on that one. And that one was by our request. The, the, the first jump, they just jumped us to, to 10,000. They just doubled it. The, when we hit the 10,000 mark multiple times and said, hey, can we get this increase? They asked us what we wanted. 
um, us being stupid said a hundred thousand instead of more. They said, okay, cool. We'll give you a hundred thousand. And then leading up to it, we're like, shit, we have to spend a hundred thousand dollars every day now to get that bumped. And, and once you get outside of that, that five or 10,000 window, it's not the same. You can call them and say, Hey, here's our plan. This is what we're doing. Uh, and the column is you can message them on their, their bot thing or whatever their, uh, their system. But, um, uh, they ended up jumping us. We didn't have to hit a hundred thousand to, to get there. We just said, Hey, we're planning on spending some, some, some big money. And, and again, they asked us what we wanted. We said a quarter of a million, um, and then they moved it. So it, it worked out. Wow. And so is, is there quite a significant history on that account already? Oh yeah. Uh, I, I don't know what the numbers are on it, but yes, we spent, I mean, yeah, we've, we've spent a million, million plus on there for sure. Yeah. I mean, because obviously they're, they're opening up quite a significant credit line there. So uh, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I can't imagine they'd do that for anyone. So like, so I know, I know you don't like getting into, into the numbers like that. So let's go, we'll, we'll come right out of this again, big picture. And so, so you, you, you've done the maths. Um, and I guess, I guess the math said, okay, so quarter of a million dollars is, uh, is, is the number that we need to spend there or thereabouts um, on uh, Black Friday in terms of ad spend to hit, um, the target. What other sort of um, things? Now that you're thinking, right, million dollars is the goal. What other things started uh, not breaking because it hasn't happened yet? But you thought this is going to break unless we we change this and this and this. Man, so there's more stuff that broke on the back end than the front end for sure. Um, the the front end was 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 crazy. By the way, this is you brought this up. I'm telling you actual numbers because I haven't written down here. Uh, okay. before we did black Friday, I thought we'd have to spend 266,000. That's the rough guess that we back, like started at a million and worked our way back. And we ended up spending on black Friday, uh, $3 and four cents every second, $182 and 44 cents every minute, $10,946 and 50 cents every hour, uh, for a total of $262,716 on black Friday. Wow. That's, and, I mean, that's a pretty darn close estimate, right? Dude, that, that's, that's within 4,000. That's crazy. Yeah, that, anyways. And I mean, actually, even that, there's, a, there's an art form to, to spending because, I mean, you've got multiple ad sets running. You've got multiple things. Actually, what, what uh, preventions did you put in place? What uh, precautions, rather, did you put in place to ensure that you didn't actually spend a quarter of a million by midday? Yeah, holy shit, that's stressful, right? I, there's not much. I mean, we had we had stuff set up so where it's just auto spending, and and we put in some automation so that it can't just go running wild and get the thousand dollar conversions. It shut off by itself. But um, I mean, we, and we had stuff shutting off. The problem was is that every time something would shut off, we'd have to go in and increase the budget somewhere else to make sure that it's going to spend the entire budget. Because if it doesn't spend the entire budget, we're not going to get there either. In fact, I think that we had a, we had in the budget to, that it could have spent was well over 300,000. Uh, I think it was like almost $400,000 because it wasn't going to spend all of our money. Um, so to get there, we, have, we were spending tons, tons and tons of money to, or giving it the option to spend tons of money. Wow. Okay. So, um, sorry, I think there's going to be a few tangents here, but we'll yeah, always come back. I to do it. <laughs> no, no, I don't think that was you. I think that was me getting excited. Apologies. Um, so you said actually the majority of the breaking occurred in the back end. What yep. did you mean? Okay, so the sales process happened and it was it ended up working. I mean, we kept trying and throwing stuff at it. The, the stuff that's breaking and, and that's been actually the most complex stuff has been after the fact. So, so come Monday, getting out 12 truckloads, uh, like semi-truckloads of freaking product is insane. Uh, <laughs> We have, uh, we have three PLs that do a bunch of our, our medium-sized parcel stuff. So all of our UPS shipments are, are stuff that, that's basically over two pounds. Uh, all ship out from a three PL and we had a giant fiasco. I've never sent so many orders in one go and it's, it's not a smart system. It's literally spreadsheets. Um, and somehow the copy paste button got screwed up and, and we had 4,400 orders that got wrong addresses in wrong places and they all shipped and it was like a total like where our, our customer service does like not go home they're incredible i mean i, I left last night at, at, at like 10 o'clock and they were still downstairs just happy as a clam humming along trying to get stuff squared away so i mean we've had crazy crazy back-end issues with stuff like that that's that's not something that you could prepare for it's not something that you would think would happen and and hindsight i don't think we would have changed anything it wasn't 
mistake necessarily on our part. It was the the 3PL. However, uh, <laughs> we'll deal with it. Yeah, I imagine you know at a time where their volume, if they're doing other things, um, is already increasing, and then you've got just got. Oh, by the way, I've got five times the most I've ever sent you just you know in a day. Here you go. Uh, <laughs> Merry Christmas. Yeah. Uh, I can imagine you know cracks would occur. Uh, but in terms of in terms of the planning, so so you've gone right. I need to I need to spend um, this this much. Did you need to also get the the product into your warehouses, or are they making it more or less on demand, or is your is your partner holding it for you, or like how does that work? Um, so we brought in just for the holiday eighty containers into my warehouse uh, here. Uh, it was the most, again, that's another one I've never, I, the most containers I think we've ever ordered of something that came to our, our, in, our, our warehouse is maybe a container at a time. And we got to where we're, we're taking, receiving six containers a day. They're not palletized. It's like hand unloading. It was wild. Uh, and then our systems broke. So again, we were planning on having, I'm, our most expensive product was by far the, the biggest item. It's, it goes via freight. Um, and it was the most complex thing coming into our warehouse that we've ever done before. Uh, it's, it's a huge thing. It had to be palletized. It had to be, uh, like I said, hand unloaded by at least two people. You get forklifts running around. Like it was, it was mayhem. And then to have that system break leading up to it, where we're supposed to be spooling up and saying, okay, you know, a week before we should be selling 100, 100 of these a day. Uh, you know, six days we're going to go to 120, 100, you know, 30, 150, 200, 250 as we lead up to Black Friday. And having the whole thing crash and burn and be like, crap, we've got to reboot, restart the entire process meant that our entire warehouse was fucking full. <laughs> and uh, I mean, this is helpful. It, it was so full that I'm like calling my neighbors and finding other buildings that are vacant. And, and I'm like trying to get like miniature leases. I had a guy that owns a building down the road. We ended up like, he's like, can I use some of your warehouse? He's like, yeah, sure. And he was out of town. I filled it all the way full. He comes in. He's like, oh, dude, you have like all of my warehouse. I was like, yeah. <laughs> I owe you. <laughs> um, and I mean, we ended up stacking stuff outside and tarping it. Like it was crazy. Wow. And uh, so <laughs> you've, so you've actually, um, cause I mean, there's, it's very different. I mean, I'm sure a lot of the people listening have a kind of drop ship mentality. And so they're like, well, you, do you know what I mean? Until I, until I sell it, I don't yeah. have to buy it. So, yeah, but you had bought all of this inventory not only do you said, right, I'm going to sell a million dollars worth of stuff. You've, you've gone, right, I'm going to buy the inventory so that I can sell a million dollars. I'm going to spend $8 million on inventory to bring it in here. And so that I, yeah. Yep. Right. Yep. Yep. That's what I did. So um, there's a fair amount of, um, how, should, how can we put it, uh, angst when you start getting the little innocent little notifications on your ad account that says, Hey, we don't, we're not going to spend your money very efficiently. If you continue, yep. maybe this will put a spanner in your works. I can feel that. I can feel that. Okay. So what kind of, what were the, the sort of topics um, that you and your team were um, discussing most in the, in the run up to um, the big day? Man. So in my team, we basically separate, we separate, uh, Upstairs and downstairs. Upstairs is all forward-facing marketing stuff like that. Call sales guys in there if you want. Downstairs is all the the back end, making sure that the products here are ready to go, shipping, logistics, all the stuff that's going to be handled on the back end of it. Um, and the crossover is not super significant, especially leading up to it. Downstairs, their their main focus was, uh, guys, you guys got to sell some more of this shit because it's all coming in still. We're getting containers and you're full, so like, let's let's go. You know, uh, upstairs. I mean, most of the conversations were were based around what we can do in a freaking four or five day window to turn it around and what our options were. I mean, we talked about, about rebuilding our entire landing pages. We talked about all sorts of, in fact, this another jump we had to make was, was uh, we use ClickFunnels software and uh, we've, I've done millions and millions of dollars on, on ClickFunnels and leading up there, we had, had issues after issues after issues. And so we rebuilt our entire platform off of ClickFunnels in a couple of days to get us a cloned version. So it's not, we're not coming up with new content or anything like that, but, but we had to get it off onto our own system that will load faster that I'm not worried about downtimes. And if there is a downtime, then the controls in my, my court, that's not a, 
trying to get ClickFunnels to do something for us on black, like that I can't spend, <laughs> can't spend a quarter of a million dollars and rely on somebody else to have, uh, to have us have our day. So, so you built your own um, sales funnel out. You just took your ClickFunnels, spoke to your developers and just say, hey, replicate this. Um, yeah. <laughs> which is a smart move because if ever, you know, the ClickFunnels is going to run slower than normal, it's going to yeah. be on Black Friday, right? Yep. When you're doing that. So that was a smart. So when did you make that realization that you needed to make that change? So leading up to, we, we had that in our back pocket as something that if, if shit hits the fan, we need to have a backup, obviously. Um, so it, it was more of a, in, in our back pocket as, as, as that kind of thing where we could scramble, throw something together if we needed to. Uh, and then, like I said, a couple of days before we realized, okay, we need to just do that. So um, all of our big stuff, there's some systems that we built and we've been running on for so long that we couldn't change. There's been, you know, Facebook ads that have been running for over a year. So we couldn't, we couldn't adjust and change where those are going, uh, where mm. those landing pages go. So everything else goes through Hoplinks. Everything we do now and currently is obviously through Hoplinks so that we can uh, change where it's going at any given moment. Uh, so anything we could, we switched over. Basically, when we did all the reboot and stuff on on our biggest product, we did the same thing where all of them had Hoplink. So our biggest product, which is the biggest thing, uh, those all got put into our new system. Those all got put into our new cart, new everything, basically, which is also sketchy because we hadn't really run it through any paces or any kind of volume at that matter for, for that matter. So uh, to just like blindly be like, fuck it here, let's, we got a whole built out, it should work. Uh, spend some money, let's find out, you know, and, and doing that right before the day is, is again, probably a stupid move. It worked out, but, uh, <laughs> but it's, uh, it was not an easy decision by any means. So um, what payment processes were you running with? Do, Stripe. Stripe. And, and was it the same Stripe account that you have at least put some volume through before? Yeah. Yep. Did you give them any kind of heads up that, hey, we're going to really scare the shit out of you today? No, we didn't. I, we, I mean, we, we spooled up. So we had like, like I said, we rebuilt on like five days before, whatever week before. Um, so we started spooling up. So I think that we had a couple of days leading up to it where it was pretty significant on, on Stripe alone on our, we have what three brands. So the main Stripe account with the big product on it, I think we did like 600, $700,000 on that day. Um, which was, I mean, that's a big ass day for a Stripe account, but yeah, but yeah they didn't, they didn't have any issues and, and that worked out and we had backups in place. So, if it did have a problem or wanted to not process, I, I wasn't super concerned about some sort of hold because obviously we're legitimate. I can show you and I'm shipping physical stuff where they're it's like, yep, here it is. Like they, they, they shouldn't put it that crazy of a hold on it, but um, yeah. But yeah, even on that kind of day when you're doing, um, when you're spending, what was it? $10,000 um, plus an hour. Um, you know, even if they sort of, you know, put your, your, your account on hold for an hour or something just whilst they call you. That's a, that's a significant, um, chunk of change money. it's flushing money, but I guess potentially just with the beauty of the day being black Friday, maybe, you know, everyone's sales have gone up and so Stripe have gone, Hey, no, you know, yeah, well, we had backups still too. Right. So if, if, if we did have a problem, we were monitoring it pretty closely and it would have taken us a total of five minutes to switch everything over to a different processor. That's, that was prepped, ready to go. Uh, that one did not have volume, so they probably for sure would have said, oh shit, hang on, let's look, let's, look, let's look at stuff. But they wouldn't. They would have at least processed it, I'm sure. Yeah. And so, okay, so we've gone through, um, so the, in the planning stage, it's gone through, right, we know how much we need to spend and how we get our limits increased to that. And was, by the way, was Facebook the only traffic source um, or did you have other traffic sources? No, we use Google as well, but Google's, it, I mean, there's a drop in the bucket. It wasn't, yeah, yeah. it was mostly Facebook. Okay. Um, so, so you've gone through how you're going to get the traffic, um, the, the inventory and, um, cajoling your neighbors into, uh, using their space a little bit and, uh, and how, how that's going to go on and the, uh, the, the funnel itself. So, so you've got your, your own funnel. What other considerations were being discussed amongst the team? Oh, man, I feel like leading up to it, it was still a big question of whether or not Facebook would spend the money. I think it was the biggest question going into it. It didn't spend, it didn't spend that much the day before or the day before that. Um, and we had huge allocations. So it, it, it was, yeah, I mean, that was probably the biggest question. And what was our backups? Because that's where we, we, we had tons of our, our stuff was in that. We did... 
I mean, we had options to do some, some one click, one click options to our email list and stuff like that that could drive some stuff, but it wasn't going to be anything that if, if Facebook didn't spend a quarter of a million dollars, but there's just no way we could have hit it. And so, so the biggest thing was just what, like, uh, I've got this Facebook reps uh, cell number if I need to call him, or I mean, was it literally just praying to the the Zuckerberg poster on your on your um, wall? Yeah, I think we were mostly just holding our breath, saying, "There we go. Let's we'll find out." <laughs> and 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 same thing. I think one of the sketchiest parts about going into the day is is saying, like you said, there's the the, the hold the stop hold stuff where there's. Um, we're rolling the end of the day and it's like, we're not going to get in the office till at least five in the morning. Like we're going to get some sleep, you know, but there's going to be that window where no one's monitoring anything. And we got budgets in the, the high $300,000 range where it's like, dude, if I come in at five o'clock and we spent $200,000 already and it was just like garbage traffic. Oh man, it was stressful. It's stressful. And at the same time, it's like, well, we're doing it. So I don't know. Yeah, yeah, might as well, might as well go big. And so there was one live video that um, I remember um, watching and it was uh, a discussion um, uh, with your with your CMO, your uncle. I forget I forget his name. Matt. Matt. And it was around. Um, I don't know if it was an ad set or or, or a group um, group of ads, but it was uh, you'd overspent, or or rather four four thousand dollars. I think it was had been spent without a return, but you'd made a decision to keep that ad ad running based on a hunch. Could you talk to us a, a little bit about that? Yeah, so we had a lot of theories going into it. That's probably good. Those are good thoughts. Um, we had a lot of theories. Again, we're making this up on the fly. So we just had to come up with theories on why things are doing what they're doing. Um, and starting off the day, everything was ridiculously expensive. So some of the hunches and some of the things that we went off of, uh, a lot of competition popped up the day of stuff was showing up in our feeds where we're like, holy shit, these guys have never been here before and they're trying to play in my space, whatever else. Um, so the hunches that we, we, we were banking on basically is, is let's keep spending through this shitty time. Let's keep spending, keep giving Facebook our money. Cause I know if we dial it back, we won't be able to, we won't be able to like respend. We won't be able to say, Oh, actually spend more now Facebook. It just isn't going to work. Uh, we figured that out, you know, leading up to it, that if you dial back, you can't, even if you say spend a million, they're not going to spend your million leading or afterwards. And so, um, the theory that we had and that may or may not be true to date, I don't know is, that a bunch of our competition came out swinging and there's there are people that have never spent that 5,000 mark or the 10,000 mark before. And they're like, Hey, it's black Friday. Let's spend 50 grand today. And I think that in the morning time, everybody came out with these huge budgets and I don't know, it was probably like 10 o'clock in the morning. I feel like that, that our, our everything, everything dropped off and got, and got cheaper. So either people bowed out and said, I can't spend five, $600 for a conversion right now. So I'm out. I'm going to pull my, my ads and they didn't want to hold fast. Right. Or there's people that hit a threshold and said, all of a sudden they hit their $5,000 mark and Facebook shuts off their stuff. It's like, Oh, that's the most you're allowed to spend today. And they're like, shit, I didn't even know I had this freaking thing here. I never spent that money before. So those are the kind of the theories that we had there. And, and our competition basically fell off around 10 AM and everything started getting cheaper and more efficient. And, uh, and the competition got less and less. In fact, this is, Normally, in a normal day, towards the end of the day, it kind of gets worse again for us. It's like people have their their morning and night shift budgets on, and do we spent all the way through? Like we spent all the way till eleven o'clock, and it was just spending like crazy and working, uh, which is not normal. But I think it's because we had huge budgets, and I think that most people blew through their budgets super fast, um, and or they couldn't hang with a six hundred dollar conversion, so they pulled. Nice. And so, did you? Um did you have your finger on the pulse more or less throughout the day in terms of we are, we're still profitable, we're still profitable, we're still profitable, or was it more the latter where it's like, you know, I'm just going to check it at midnight and <laughs> let the wife know kind of thing. I've got, uh, I've got numbers in my head that I go on, so it's not like I'm not like having some sort of calculated formula of figuring it out, but I know that I have specific budgets that I can and can't spend. So, I mean, before 10 a.m., no, we were losing our fucking ass. We were not making money. Um, so, I mean, I had an option to either pull the plug or hang in and see if, see if things got better, which they ended up getting better, luckily. Um, at the end of the day, I mean, it took me probably two days to figure out where we actually ended up uh, from a profit standpoint, but... But I knew, I knew by the end of the day, I knew by uh, two o'clock that we were going to be profitable and that it was going to work. Nice. 
And so actually, I don't think what since we've been on air, we've actually um, revealed the, um, the, the, the final uh, revenue figures um, on the day. But before we do, could you reveal the, the revenue figures at 10 minutes to midnight? Oh, my gosh. 10 minutes to midnight. I don't remember the exact number, so it's going to be pretty rough. But I, we were like 2,000 short of, of, huh? Oh, we were 6,000, so I'm being corrected. Stafford said we were 6,000 <laughs> short two minutes, uh, two minutes prior to the, to the thing. And I had, we had, a, I, my office was like full of like my buddies and friends that are all like showing up out of the blue. Just, they're just pumped to be like involved or whatever level. I had like buddies calling buddies saying, hey, we got to buy one of these things right now. Like we need to get it done. And so it was like that last, that last minute uh, or last few minutes there, it was super close. And we were, we were short. I threw up a thing on Facebook. I'm like, or, or on Instagram saying, Hey, I don't do consulting at all. Or I don't do any of that stuff, but I'll come to your business. And I'll fix your shit for you. I just need you to spend <laughs> seven grand right now. You know what I mean? And, and uh, we're like panic mode trying to feel like dude, that would have sucked if we would have ended up. <laughs> A couple thousand short would have been like the shittiest day of my life. So, um, so we've got to, um, you're, you're hitting up people on Instagram. Just, can you buy my shit and I'll do, I'll do stuff for you. I'll mow your lawn. Because, because the, the alternative potentially is falling just a few grand short of your target. How would that have made you feel? Oh, that would have been, that would have been horrible. That would have been super shitty. So I, it was, I mean, it was stressful. I kept, I, I have a sheet, like handwritten down sheet of like all the numbers we've been adding up throughout the day and stuff. And I kept adding it up wrong and adding it up wrong. And it kept up, like it'd be different every time I'm at it. I'm like, dude, my brain's fried. I can't even do basic math right now. Um, and so it, we clicked over, we clicked over midnight and uh, by 1201. So two minutes in to the new day, I had already done $15,000. Uh, our ad spend budgets were still insane. And so it was, I don't, I don't even know how that worked, but I'm like, all right, worst cases, we're going to go on a roll. Instead of it being from midnight to midnight, we'll say 1201 to 1201 because I know I made that. <laughs> yeah. but, but, but we go through, we, we added it all up. Um, all my stuff, we rounded down. So we had, uh, you know, if, if basically all our PayPal accounts and all the accounts, we just basically took all those numbers. And if it was, uh, you know, ended in, in with 40 extra dollars, I just rounded down to the hundredth just so that it would be there. But um, we ended up doing... Uh, Final, final, our final count was $1,400 on freaking Black Friday. <laughs> At midnight. At midnight. You, you cannot make that up. And so did any, did any friends come out of the woodwork and go, nah, man, I, did, I bought, um, bought a chair? Or, or did actually everybody go, oh, no, no. So uh, over, over 30 of them bought. Uh, uh, I had over 30 that bought over that, that last few, in that last several hours. Uh, just from posts that I threw out there from people and, and stuff. So, I mean, it moved the needle a significant amount. Absolutely, at the time that you needed it. So, um, so I mean, congrats, right? So that, that is obviously the reveal on the, uh, um, here on, on the um, on the podcast. So, do I mean again? Uh, or offered you the con- con- my congratulations actually on the day. But again, dude, like what a phenomenal um, achievement that was, and. To, to sort of dream it and, and get there um, is absolutely huge. And what, what do you uh, owe or attribute to reaching that target in, in terms of um, like what things do you, did you put in place or what did you have around you or what do you, yeah, like what do you believe were the main factors that helped you um, achieve that? Um, dream mission dude it started out back in the day when i did dumpster diving man like that's that's the whole start i i think every decision i made leading up to this is what made me get there i don't think that it take me from four years ago i couldn't have made the right decisions to make this happen and so uh it's i think it's all about all about the decisions that i've made so uh, the decisions i made i like the decision to get the right people in the right place like my warehouse guys right now freaking crush it. My customer service crushes it. My sales guys crush it. My marketers crush it. Everybody I have that's on my team pushed for this. And, and so, um, I mean, it sounds like I'm taking, I guess I am taking some credit for, for bringing them into the space, I guess, but really none of it would happen without them here either. So, so 
uh, I mean, leading up to there's, there's not one, there's not one individual thing of saying, this is, this is what sparked the whole thing. It's, I just picked really well and had a, a lot of fucking luck, you know, like, like I, I consistently made good, good decisions, apparently. <laughs> nice. And what was it that, uh, do you think that fired your team up? Like, what was it? Was it the fire in your eyes? Like, what was it that these amazing people around you had them believing? Man, they just, I don't know what it is. Uh, I, 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 my assumption would be that, that they trust me or, or at some level, that's what it has to be. Cause it, this is just one example. Doing the million dollar day is, is just one thing that we've done. That's like a holy shit moment. We do stuff like this all the time. And, and my whole team, it doesn't seem to matter. Like our, our new goals, we're going to do a hundred million dollars next year. And it took all of two seconds for everybody to be like, fuck yeah, we're doing a hundred million dollars next year. You know? And it's just like, they're always ready to go to battle with me. And, uh, I, it's pretty badass. It's badass to say, we're going to do this thing. That's that most people are going to think is unpractical and unrealistic and, and let's do it, you know? And, and for them to just say, I'm in, like, it doesn't, it doesn't even take, they don't need any rhyme or reason to it. They're just like, Oh yeah, we're, I'm in, let's do it. I'm in for the ride. Let's go. Nice. You know? Um, Stafford says Jason's built such an incredible trust and belief in him among us that we are behind him without any questions. Huh? I, d- I don't doubt it. I in fact believe that very much. And so whilst we're, um, whilst we're in the, in the chat box here, uh, we've got a question from Robert. Um, Robert asks, how big of a role did retargeting play in your Facebook ads in terms of the percentage of the total ad spend? And was email a big driver? Um, okay. So most of our, this is another weird one. So on the reboot, retargeting had worked pretty well previously. We had some, we had some pretty good stuff set up. Um, when we did the reboot, like a few days beforehand, uh, all of our retargeting pretty much shit the bed. So on Black Friday, almost none of it was I mean, don't get me wrong. We spent enough money that everybody saw our shit multiple times, but it wasn't purposely like retargeted and, and the, the, the messaging, none of that really changed. Um, we didn't dive into the deep options and stuff. We didn't have time to, to really test and figure those things out. So retargeting really sucked on Black Friday. So most of it was just high front end. See my shit, buy my shit. And was that, do you think that was cold, cold traffic or is it likely those people had seen it before? They, they have for sure seen me before. I mean, we've, like I said, we spent so much money leading up to this and, and yeah, people, people have seen like the brand is, is at some somewhat known at this point, especially cause we had other products and stuff in this brand that, that had been spending also. So, um, let's see here. I'm gonna try to find some cool stats for you. Um, stuff. I yeah, feel like stuff is going to slide something across your desk in a minute. Gonna be like, Look at this. Um, so, so an example, so it, while it's cold traffic, this was, like an hour before midnight. So these aren't exactly true. Uh, we had uh, 10 million impressions on Black Friday. That's just not, so all these people, even if they had not seen us before previously, they had at least seen us multiple times in the day. Uh, they just, yeah, so, so even though it wasn't retargeting, they had, they had all seen me multiple times for sure. <laughs> yeah, they they were their news feed was 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 you. So so that's ten million impressions on your uh, on your website or your ads did ten million impressions. Ads did ten million impressions. Ads and yeah, Facebook ads. No, Facebook that's ads. not. That's not, true. Uh, that's not counting Google or organic or email. So yeah, nice. And so you said um, you said you have phone support. Um, what sort of percentage of your sales uh, were needed? Because I know you, I know you've said before that you know it's a it's a high ticket um, item. Like, what percentage was was closed by phone? I got bored here telling me exactly what is it? Eight point four percent on phones. Eight point four percent of the day was done on phones. Eight point four percent of phone. And because uh, I I saw even up to I think again it was ten to midnight your phone your phone guy there was one guy in particular just just rocking the, the closing. Dude, I'm pretty sure what we did was not legit or you're not supposed to do. But no, I had my guys. Uh, we had a lead gen magnet set up towards the end there where uh, basically it was too late for anybody to call in because our systems were set up to be turned off or whatever. But uh, they could put their phone number in there, so they're getting people that are like eleven thirty at night our time, which is you know. 1 30 in the morning east coast they're filling out the thing saying oh this is interesting let me know and it's like dude my guys are freaking call them and they're like dude it's one in the morning what are you doing calling me right now they're like dude we got 30 minutes left of this black friday deal let's get this going and like just like stuff where i'm like dude i can't believe we're doing this i'm like all right let's go let's we're, we're gonna make it happen and it's one of those ones where 
dude, I, that's, that's where my team comes in where it's like, they're so ready to go to battle and to do stuff. It's just totally like fucking crazy. You don't call people at one in the morning and expect them to buy shit from you. And they're doing it anyways, dude. They close, they close people, they close people like freaking 10 minutes before midnight. They were on the phone closing people. So it was crazy. Oh, I absolutely love that. And so, um, so we've got, uh, we've doubled the number of questions that have come in from, from our live audience, Jason. Um, <laughs> this one's, this one, um, goes back to, uh, when you initially started the brand, um, as we've mentioned, like, so it's a high ticket item. Did you, um, in terms of inventory, I guess here, did you order, um, like a minimum quantity of units from your supplier and then scale upwards as you prove the concept or had you proved the concept in some other way, uh, first? All right, this is opening up a big bucket here. So um, my theory is obviously, uh, let's test it first. I don't like, I've done it before I bought stuff and then it didn't sell and now I have 8,000 ties sitting on a pallet still out there because the ties didn't sell. So uh, I've learned those lessons. So uh, no, we just sold other people's stuff and, and did a, a version of drop shipping. I didn't do wholesale. I didn't go out and like try to like negotiate deals with anybody. I literally just picked, picked something similar to what we thought we were gonna wanna do and I bought them retail and then sold them and basically calculated my numbers saying, okay, is this going to work? Is it not going to work? Um, and we do that all the time for our stuff. I mean, it's, we, that's how we find, find a lot of our stuff is we'll just say, I want something in this realm. What do any of these things work? And if they do, then we go out and we manufacture it and we do all that stuff. So does that answer that question? Yeah. yeah, I think that makes sense. Um, did you need to, um, build up any kind of, uh, initial trust with, uh, that supplier? Uh, <laughs> you know, when you, when you started going, Hey, I'm, you know, I need to buy this. Oh, or were they just like, cool. And, and actually whilst we're on that note, did you give them any kind of warning when you place that big order that they're going to need to start like manufacturing pretty quickly? Um, so yeah, it's a funny story. So we actually flew out. We, 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 all this, we do all this stuff in house, the, the finding the, the factories and stuff like that. So we flew out to China. I flew out there and we met with this, with this factory and, basically toured it, put together, built our own design or how we wanted it uh, made and, and the packaging. We built out like all the stuff while we're out there in China. And then we started talking about pricing and they wanted to negotiate for like a 2000 piece breakpoint and then a 4000 piece breakpoint. And for me, I'm like, I just don't give a shit about any of those things. Like give me to the 10,000 breakpoint. And it literally, the, the first time we flew out there, the first time we had a meeting with these guys, they would not, they did not believe at all that we could do move 10,000 pieces. Uh, to the point that they're like, we're not even going to negotiate to that because it doesn't make sense. And it's like, okay, I hear you. I, I get you don't think that. Like, no, literally. Like, like we sell to Costco. Uh, do you guys have Costco? I don't know. It's I don't, we know what Costco is. Okay. Yeah. Um, so he's like, we sell to Costco. They don't buy that many. Like, we know that you can't move that many. And I was like, yeah, we're going to move that many. So we need to do So as a joke, they, not a joke, but they like, were like, fine, reluctantly gave us a price at that point. And uh, we had a year to hit hit that many pieces. And I mean, we hit that already. So they're like, what the fuck? How did you do that? Um, obviously, but but the spool up and lead up time, like we, we had enough time that they had, they, they were able to get us everything we needed. And, and uh, it wasn't too much time crunch on their side. Um, they definitely were shocked that we moved as much and brought as much volume in as we did. But so So like a year ago, you said, we want to price on 10,000. Now we want to order 10,000. Six months ago. Yeah. Six months ago. And so how much do they expect? How much of that 10,000 do they expect to you, for you to pay for before you have them? Yeah. So it's a rebate system. So, so they didn't really care how many we ended up buying. Uh, in fact, if they would have made more money per piece, if I only bought 2000 of them. Right. So, so uh, basically until I hit the 10,000 mark, I don't get rebated. And so, in their minds, they're thinking, I'm never gonna hit the 10,000 mark and I didn't negotiate for anything in between because I didn't care, I knew we were gonna do it. Um, and so, yeah, they're thinking like, okay, but if he doesn't hit 10,000, we just made a ton more money on all these, the, the first pieces. So um, obviously we hit it and it doesn't matter at this point anyways, and the factory's still stoked because we're moving ridiculous volume, but. Wow, so you put a lot of trust in them as well that they were gonna rebate you once you've sold the 10,000 units. I, yeah, that's not, I mean, yeah, you got to have faith in them, I guess, but it's not, I don't, that's not hard. That's not a hard thing to have faith in. I don't think if you, if you build a relationship with a factory or something like that, I'm, I'm doing enough volume at this point that they don't want to hose me and, and, uh, they obviously want to continue my business. And so. Absolutely. Yeah. They want to be a part of your hundred million dollar year. Exactly. Right? 
So in terms of um, lessons learned uh, across the, across the, we'll call it the Black Friday experience. So we'll open it up um, sort of either side, the, the, the problems you ironed out beforehand, the what ifs beforehand, the day itself, and then the, then the, the shipping fun, shall we say, afterwards. What were some of those sort of big lessons that you took away? Or if you, if you could go back and teach your one month younger self, uh, what sort of things would you, would you teach yourself? Man, I mean, all the lessons came out of it, came out of it, but I, to say, there, there's a, a fundamental difference between spending this kind of money and on, on advertising and, and everything I've done previous is just, it completely dwarfs it. And so, um, I don't know that there's a lesson necessarily, but it probably may have maybe a calming I could have given myself prior to the saying, ah, go spend money. You're, it's going to be fine. I mean, it's scary as shit, but it's also, you're good. You know, I, I, not necessarily a lesson in that, but that's probably would have cured some of my anxiety I had leading up to it. Cause that is, uh, spending that much money is, is freaking stressful. Did you try and hide that, um, anxiety, um, from, from your team and everyone around you? Uh, I mean, they could tell I was stressed. I don't know if they knew why, but yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, no, yeah, it's, it could be that he's spending ten thousand dollars an hour, or it could be, you know, maybe he thinks he's left the oven on at home. Is yeah. you know, yeah, the uh, the question there. Um, so at this point, um, yeah, if we've got any more questions, please put them in um in the chat box, guys. Um, <laughs> I mean, once again, JC, what a what an incredible accomplishment um to achieve and. So you, when are you going to declare to the internet that next year you're doing your targets a hundred million? <laughs> um, I don't. I just did on here, so sure. Oh, I'm going to do hundred million next year. But, but uh, I think that doing the million in a day and overcoming that and doing a five x in a day that's never been I've never done anything even remotely close to before. Um, obviously, it was important to me to put it out beforehand because if we just happened, if we if we just did it, there's no there's so much stuff that could be like happenstance, like you happened into this and now I've got a cool story uh, by putting it out beforehand. It's no longer can't be happenstance. I, I literally forced every freaking thing I possibly could to make us get there. Um, I pushed every button, pulled every lever and uh, literally did whatever it took to get there. Um, that's why it was important to me to do that. I've done that now. Uh, at this point, I think I got some, some credibility with people, even though I don't really care if I have credibility with them. If I say I'm gonna do a hundred million next year, I'm just gonna do a hundred million next year. So, uh, I mean, so that that probably that probably um, pulls a, an interesting question there. Like, what was the why? Like, why? Why did you why did you want to five x your thing? I know you said I would be pretty cool and whatever, but like, was there anything inside that you were trying to, or outside that you were trying to prove, or like, like what was the why? That's a, just a, it's just a big ass goal. I don't know, man. I like shooting for stuff that, that is, I like doing stuff that most people look at and it's like, yeah, it's not going to happen. And I kind of like, I'm, I'm like the guy that's like, eh, fuck you. It's going to happen. Watch this. Uh, just to, just to do it. I, the, I think it, we had, there's a domain that was two comma club day or something that we're like, let's do it in the day instead of the weekend. Like that's literally what sparked the whole thing. Nice, I like that. Yeah, I mean, it gets boring. What, how many two comma club awards you got? Like fifteen now. Seventeen now. Seventeen now. Yeah, I suppose technically this boost. one didn't go through ClickFunnels. Hmm. That's true. It didn't. That's true. I can't imagine you gave that much. <laughs> like ah, uh, but when you changed off of ClickFunnels, I'll make my own. It's all good. <laughs> yeah, you make yeah. your own. Yeah. You do have the <laughs> champagne bottles in the background. Have oh you... yeah, did we blew those up? Sprayed everybody that stayed till midnight. It was great. Oh man, nice. So. Um, so Robert, our, our, our chief questionnaire um, to, on, on this particular show, um, has asked a, 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 a strong question, which I, I'm actually going to add to. There's a big difference between inspiring the people around you to hit a goal in a day. Um, mm -hmm. You know, everyone knows that it's a 24-hour period of hustle. Getting that over a year is going to be a different. Um, strategy so in terms of um so it's a sort of multi-part question here what's the strategy in terms of keeping the motivation up and what's mm. the strategy in terms of the brand itself with its product offerings and channels that it's trafficking or are you gonna sort of 
gorge yourself on Christmas turkey first before tackling that that those big questions. I'm a procrastinator, so I'm probably gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna get through the rest of the holiday, and then we'll start figuring that stuff out. But but you're you're right. We are fundamentally changing. So uh, we did uh, I added up yesterday. We're at like 26 million dollars this year. Uh, we'll probably be 28, maybe 29 million by the end of the year. Um, and so we're talking about doing another 4x of our entire company over a 360 day team instead of a one day thing. It's still an absolutely you, you look at it from the outside and it was like, that's just stupid. That's, I don't know how you can possibly do that. Uh, and we feel that we see that we know that uh, we know there's going to be huge fundamental shifts. We're not going to be able to do what I'm doing right now is not going to get us to hundred million. So there's going to be huge changes and shifts and tweaks that have to do that we have to do in order to get there. Um, and I don't know exactly what they all are right now. In fact, that's just part of part of growing and scaling anyways is, is saying, I, I don't know. I've got a, I've got a pretty clear vision of what I want it to be and how it can potentially look. And I'm basically going to just start running with those scissors and, and uh, I'm going to trip and fall and I'm going to get up and figure it out and make the next step and make the next move. So I'm not super concerned about what it looks like or how I'm going to get there. Um, I just know that I am and I'm going to start running and, and, and uh, making those decisions and, and moving as fast as I can. Nice. I like that. Do you on any level hope that your story and your journey inspires others to uh, expand their goals? Dude, I would love it. People, man, uh, I, I love people. It's, I love to see people succeed. Uh, and if my stories or, or my stuff can lift anybody else to, to, to at least attempt something or try something or make better decisions or, or run faster or anything, if I can get anybody to move based on, on my experiences or what I'm able to, to express, that's awesome for me. So, so what would you say uh, to those people who are inspired, but still terrified? Quit being a bitch and go. Is that what you say to yourself? Yeah, like just just go. Don't stop. Stop trying to build anything. It doesn't have to be perfect. You don't even have to know all the pieces or the steps. Just start going and moving, and all the stuff's going to hit you in the face, and you're going to be able to make new decisions. So, I mean, my best advice for anybody is just get going, get going, and, and don't stop. Dude, I absolutely love that. So at this point, just because um, you know this is this is the moment, right? This is the this is the debrief call. There's anyone um, on that has any more questions, please put them in the, the chat box. Stafford, if there's anything that you think that um, we should have covered that we haven't, um, please also um, let us know. What brand of, in the meantime, what brand of champagne is that behind you? I don't recognize the label. Uh, shitty. I don't know. <laughs> it's like, this is like the stuff you spray at the end of a race coat. Yeah. The, the Actually, talking, talking races, I saw on your... Um, I don't know if it was on your Facebook or your Instagram. Um, you're doing a, a Netflix documentary. Yeah, I threw that out there. Uh, Netflix doesn't know about it yet, but they're going <laughs> to know about it. That's, that's where I'm at. <laughs> so, um, so that was, uh, please you know, correct me if I'm wrong, or indeed it would be nice it's coming from you, but it was around a six-hour race? Yeah, so we did a, uh, there's a six-hour race we did out here in, in Utah. Um, so generally on endurance racing like that, you have multiple drivers and you switch out every you know hour, to maybe two hours max. Um, we did it last year. We ended up taking first overall. I had me and two other pro drivers. Uh, it's a great time. Uh, uh, this year to up that even more, one of my drivers fell off and he's like, I can't run this year with you. And, and so I was like, well, I'm going to do something bitching. I might as well just do it solo, which is incredibly stupid. Uh, and so, yeah, I did a six hour endurance race in the Lamborghini Huracan Super Trofeo. And it was freaking wild, uh, wild, wild, hardest thing, hardest thing I've ever done. It's harder than the million dollar day for sure. Why, why, tell us why, why was it so hard? Um, so I prepped myself physically for it. Cause I'm like, okay, it's going to be exhausting. I'm going to be dehydrated. I mean, you're in a car for six hours doing, going super fast in 130 degree temps. Like it's going to be brutal. Right. Um, what I wasn't prepared for is the, the mental aspect of it. So, I mean, three hours in totally fine, four hours in totally fine, five hours in, I'm like, holy shit, I am, it is super difficult now for me to make, make good decisions. And when you're going 170 miles an hour down the front straight, coming up on a slow car, that's not even in your class, but out there at the same time, and you got to make the critical decision, uh, of, of how to get around them and when to move and when to make your pass and all that stuff. It gets way, way, way more difficult. And then you get into that last hour. I mean, the, the last hour I was parking behind cars though. It's like, I, I know that I'm faster than this car, but my brain, I literally can't make a, 
I don't trust my brain to make a good enough decision right now. So I picked out in, in my mind, there's like three spots where there's straights that are easy to pass people in. And it's like, I'd park behind people and wait until I got to one of those positions. And then I'd pass them when it was easy. Cause I knew that if I made, if I kept making incredibly difficult decisions during the race, that I would make a bad decision. And, and I, I guess I just couldn't trust myself to make those good decisions. It was fucking wild. Like I got, I got done and like, they like pulled me out of the car and I'm like, I couldn't stand. Like I was like, it was, it was crazy. So I've got two questions. What well, the first one's, <laughs> this first one's a slightly crude one. I mean, did, had you just pissed yourself for six hours? Okay. So that's a funny story. Um, <laughs> so I went to race Baja, uh, do the Baja 1000 off road race. It's like a thousand miles. And then those, you just put it on a, a catheter and you just literally piss on the floor. So I talked about doing that and then we we're like, you know what? It's going to be so hot. It's 130 degrees in the car. You're probably going to be dehydrated. You're probably going to, anything you drink is probably just going to sweat out. So I took a gamble and I was like, okay, I'm going to just go with nothing. And by the end of the six hours, if I need to pee, I'm just going to piss my pants and, and we'll, we'll move on with life. Um, luckily I was just super dehydrated, so I didn't have to pee. <laughs> just super dehydrated. So unhealthy yeah. beats, uh, beats out. The second time, the second question talking of refueling in terms of you with hydration, how many times do you have to, uh, refuel a Lamborghini going, you know, hundred miles plus for six hours in a six hour period? Um, I think we refueled five times. Um, I think it was the fourth refuel, the car, the refueling, they put the jug in and it, uh, it sprayed a little bit of fuel, hit my rotor. The whole car went up in flames. I'm still in the car. Um, they put it out super fast. Um, I didn't even, I didn't push any of my fire extinguishing buttons or anything. They just, they put it out. Uh, I got a five minute penalty for it, uh, which hindsight probably saved my freaking bacon because, uh, Basically, I got to go down to the end of, and before I could go back out there, I had to go hit, sit in the penalty box for five minutes. I had to go shut the car off, and I got to just sit there for five minutes, not think about anything, and just like that. I mean, it blew by. That did not feel like five minutes; felt like two seconds. But, but having that that time to just like shut my brain off for a second to say, okay, don't make decisions, don't think about anything else, just like chill, chill for a second, let your brain not do anything, so that uh, when I go back out there for this last last session, I have something some juice left it sounds like the judges were doing you a favor yeah they don't know that but yes so have you ever heard the expression the way you do one thing is the way you do everything of course is that is that would you say that is your expression uh man i almost say it's my wife's expression more than mine but but it's definitely true i mean the way that you show up for one thing is is definitely you can say all the common pieces between how you show up and everything else so if, uh, if you suck at business, you're going to suck at marriage. Generally speaking, my opinion, how do you apply it? Uh, just being conscious, the, being conscious. Like if you, if you consciously know that you're late to stuff, then you can take that and other things and you can, you can apply and say, this is, I, I am, I am late to these things and this is the stuff that it causes. And if there's, there's places where it's going to be super relevant. Like if you're late with your wife all the time or your spouse or your kids or whatever else, that relationship, you can look at it and it's really easy to say, Oh, here's the stuff that's happening because of that. Um, and as you switch over to like a business model, like it's going to be weird. It's harder for an employee to come to you and say, you know, your employee's not going to come and say, dad, I, it makes me think you don't care when you don't show up to my basketball game on time or you don't show up at all. And, employees and things like that in your business site, they're probably not going to be telling you that stuff though. They probably have the same feelings towards it because you show up the same way. Does that make sense? It does. So, um, say the, say the phrase for us. Say the phrase, the way you do one thing is the way you do everything. I like it. I like it. Jason, you've been phenomenal. Um, absolutely phenomenal. Um, your, your inspiration. And I saw, you know, your group, um, the, the private group in which you were, um, vlogging, um, throughout the day. I saw that steadily increasing, um, in, in the sort of week prior to, uh, in particular in the, in the week prior to Black Friday. So there was, you know, a lot of people that got to share in that. I hope this podcast, the, the double, the double, um, dose of this podcast helps, um, inspire even more people with your mission, um, with your mission and message. Um, the final question is, have you got, and I asked you last time, have you got any asks or requests of the audience listening today? Uh, no, I don't really care. Go, go kick ass, go do some stuff. I mean, go pick, go pick a goalie you guys are scared of and go do it. That, that'd be sick.
love that. Jason, if you guys want to, you can follow me on Instagram. I should say that too. What's your Instagram handle? Uh, Jason Harwood. Jason Harwood. You got the first one, hey? It's not like Jason Harwood one. No, it's the original. I'm an OG. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have to kick some kid off of it or anything? Or you, just, you just got in early? I just got in early, I guess. I lucked out. Nice. Nice. Well, Jason, as I say, you're an inspiration. Thank you so much for taking the time once again to um, to, to share your, your message and, and your mission and, and uh, thought processes. They're truly unique, completely different to uh, everyone else that uh, we interview on the show, which is what makes it even more awesome. Um, have an amazing holiday season and I uh, can't wait to hear all about how you're crushing your $100 million year. Sounds good. Thanks, man. Hey, Martin here again with an audio goodie bag of a bonus before you head off. First up, I hope you enjoyed this episode, and if you did, please subscribe and follow Smarter Destiny across iTunes, YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. It really helps spread our message, and you'll get valuable content along the way, too. Secondly, if you have an e-commerce business or are thinking of starting one, grab a copy of my new book, 1% Secret, recommended by Kevin Harrington and a host of other elite guys even better it's free just help out with the shipping costs so head to smarterdestiny.com forward slash book to grab your free copy thanks so much and i'll see you on the next episode